This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut, the third day of September 2021. Welcome to a TGIF wake-up call. Appreciate you spending a few minutes with us this morning. We have Dan Zampano coming up in just a little bit, an interview we taped a little bit earlier with him, um, talking uh, about, well, a lot about the Patriots, but a lot about his picks for the NFL season coming up uh, <laughs> It uh, is always entertaining to talk to Dan, and uh, he was uh, very happy uh, last night, I'm sure, being able to watch college football again, and he'll finally uh, get the NFL that kicks off this coming Thursday. So we'll talk to him uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Um, obviously, the, the first topic of conversation on my lips this morning has to be what the Red Sox did yesterday, uh, beating the Tampa Bay Rays for nothing second straight strong performance by a Red Sox starting pitcher and and a preview of well maybe next year if the Red Sox decide to re-sign Erod but this was you know what Red Sox fans had been hoping for with Chris Sale coming back and pitching well on Wednesday and then Rodriguez a couple of straight strong starts in a, in a row last night was maybe his best start of the year he felt it was uh, but that was clutch last night to split that four-game series with Tampa, look, they're not catching the Rays with you know 26 games to go or 25 games to go, and you're eight games back. It would take nothing short of a miracle considering you only have three games left with Tampa. But they are now just a game and a half behind the New York Yankees when it comes to the wild card race. So they are only a game and a half back of being able to host that wild card game. And when you look at the Red Sox schedule going forward, as we talked about yesterday, of the contenders in the American League East, the Red Sox have by far the easiest schedule down the stretch. Their strength of schedule, with the exception of three games against Tampa and three games against the Yankees, every other game is against a team that's either in last place or is struggling. So there is opportunity for the Red Sox if they can continue to get great pitching to get themselves that home game for the wild card, which would be absolutely huge. So we'll see. But look, Rodriguez last night pitches into the seventh, six-plus innings, four hits, no runs. He struck out six, only walked one. And then Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards has been an absolute wonder out of the bullpen for the Red Sox. Uh, he actually earns a save last night because he threw three shutout innings. Struck out four, walked one. He has thrived in the bullpen. He has thrown 13 and a third innings since the Red Sox moved him out of the starting rotation. And he has been dynamite. I believe he's given up one run. You know, 
and, and maybe this is where Richards is better suited because he can just come out, throw gas. He doesn't have to get fancy. You just got to get outs. And he's done that out of the bullpen. So that was huge. So Rodriguez picks up his 11th win. Garrett Richards picks up his second save. Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, a couple more hits. Two more runs batted in. J.D. Martinez stays hot. He had two hits. Kyle Schwarber stayed hot. He has been unbelievable since coming to Boston. He had two hits. Hunter Renfro, a couple of hits and the runs batted in. It was, uh, and look, they got, they got, contributions from guys that they didn't expect. Look, Danny Santana did a great job last night. First game that he's played uh, in uh, a month and a half. He walked twice last night, scored a run. Uh, Jack Lopez, who they had to call up from the minor leagues because of all the COVID cases, a guy who had languished in the minor leagues for like nine years, finally gets a chance to play in the major leagues. And did he get a hit last night? No, but he had a, you know, a big sacrifice bunt. Uh, in the fifth inning, that actually ended up chasing Ray Steyer, uh, Ray Starter, uh, Ryan McClanahan. He, he, uh, Jonathan Arauz, another guy you don't expect anything out of. Um, you know, earned a big walk last night. You know, it, it was just and, and ended up scoring a run. It just the Red Sox got contributions from the bottom of the lineup as well as some of their big guys. And Bobby Dahlbeck has been a wonder. Wins Rookie of the Month. How about that? Uh, in the month of August, he hit 339 with a, uh, an OPS of uh, well over 1,000. Unreal. You know, this is a guy that we all had dead and buried. And the, the biggest thing about Dahlbeck, when you looked at it, through the end of July, he was striking out almost 38% of the time and walked only 4% of the time. Since the calendar flipped into August, his strikeout rate dropped to 25%. His walk rate went up to 11%. So the plate discipline has improved exponentially, and I, that has a lot to do with where he's at. So he becomes the first Red Sox rookie to uh, win Rookie of the Month honors since uh, Michael Chavis, who's now with Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, did it back in 2019. So a big win for the Sox. Look, they come back home. Uh, they've got Nate Evaldi starting tonight against uh, Cal Quantrill of the Cleveland Indians. The Indians are a team that you know gave the Red Sox all they could handle when they played them in Cleveland last week. They need to uh, double that, double down and win that series. It'd be a sweep would be nice, but taking two out of three is just as good. That's where we're that they're at right now because the A's win yesterday, so the Red Sox still two games ahead of the Rays for that second wild card spot. Jed Lowry. A three-run bomb last night. Mark Canna had a home run. Uh, Chris Davis, who they just called up, acquired uh, after he was released by Texas. They had him in the minors. They called him up. He had an RBI double last night. Uh, Frankie Montas was was pretty good early, and uh, Oakland hung on to beat Detroit eight to six. So they stay two back of the Red Sox. Uh, the Mets win last night. They continue to stay hot. Uh, their their front office might not be too hot. But uh, right now, the Mets have won four straight and got themselves back within a game of 500, still five back in, uh, uh, in the wild card race, but they're only three back of Philly for second place. And uh, they are in the hunt. It's, it's, a, it's an uphill battle. They have a couple of games with the Red Sox later in the season. 
Uh, but they have a five-game series this weekend against the Washington Nationals, who have been hideous. The Nationals have lost five in a row. Nationals had a, a win yesterday against the Phillies, all but locked up. They had a 5 nothing lead. Philly comes back to beat them 7-6. Uh, the Phillies have now won six in a row. So the NL East tightening up, but the Braves win last night. They beat the Rockies 6-5 uh, to five on the road, despite a, a grand slam homer by Charlie Blackman for the Rockies. So... Uh, everybody kind of held serve last night, but it was I, it was absolutely huge for the Red Sox to come up with that victory last night uh, and to split that four-game series. Considering the COVID cases and everything else, it makes those wins. And Pete Abraham said it in the Boston Globe this morning. That might be, uh, those two wins might be the best wins of the season, and it may be the things that pushes the Red Sox into the playoffs. I, I think uh, Fangraphs gives the Red Sox still like an 85% chance of making it. Uh, I saw another uh, one that says that the Sox have a two-thirds chance of making it. Uh, look, at the end of the day, uh, if they can get past the mess that they have been putting up with for the last couple of weeks with these COVID cases and continue to get the pitching that they've been getting from their starting rotation, uh, you know, and, and, and that's why the starting rotation is so much more important because the bullpen has been an absolute dumpster fire. It's 15 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break when we come back. Dan Zampano will join us to talk NFL football. You're not going to want to miss this. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. And as we are every Friday during football season, my favorite time of the year, we get to spend some time with Dan Zampano. And Dan, uh, number one, good morning. Welcome back to Connecticut. I, I hear you're uh, going to be here for a little while. So we're, we're glad to have you in the nutmeg state uh, for a little while anyway. Yeah, somehow they let me back in, Gene. But it is good. It is good to be back in New England, right in time for a hurricane. It, it's good time, and right in time for not only the start of football in the NFL, but football in college as well, which has been fun to watch. Yeah. Hey, did you have to show like a vaccination passport at the border or anything like that? Not yet. This is this is not <laughs> Australia. Uh, not Australia yet. So okay. we're, we're we're working towards that. Well, let's start there. Let's start and and. This is kind of a sidelong way into getting into what the Patriots did this week by cutting Cam Newton. And I, when you, you, you were the one that broke the news to me. And <laughs> uh, I was painting a bedroom at the time, getting ready to sell our house. And I almost painted all over my hand when I read that. I mean, I just, <laughs> I still am surprised. But the reason I brought up the COVID thing is you mentioned to me when we were kind of conversing about this that, you know, Cam Newton kind of being in quarantine for five days because he left the team to go to some doctor's appointment out of out of state uh didn't make himself he wasn't available for the last week of practice before you know before the uh, preseason ended do you think i mean it had to play a factor in what they did didn't it i mean that's not the patriot way because cam newton by doing what he did kind of showed himself to be a little bit selfish bill belichick doesn't like selfish players no, he doesn't. But, you know, it's funny that we talk about this because I have been thinking about this. And, you know, Bill Belichick is bent over backwards for Cam Newton. I mean, hasn't he? I mean, hasn't we always talked about how he'd never give credit to Brady and, you know, would kind of just say, oh, yeah, Tom's a good player. But when Cam was there, he would always at the at the jump be, oh, Cam's our starting quarterback. Cam this, Cam that. He's a right. captain, this and that. And I think he just gave so much leeway to Cam. But I think... I think it had more to do with Mac than it did with Cam. I think the Cam situation, yes, maybe the vaccine had something to do with it. And I know Belichick said in his press conference that it didn't have anything to do with it. But I think Mac getting two weeks of reps, I mean, really, 
getting 40 reps in practice and one practice is huge. I mean, Hoyer barely got any. So getting two weeks worth of reps in three days against the Giants, against a pretty complicated Giants defense run by a guy that, you know, the Patriots know and Joe Judge, I think him, that is the point in which Mac Jones took over. And I also said this to you when we texted, I think I said this, I said, I think Belichick really looks at last year and says, last year cannot happen again. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what it takes. The best player is going to play. And Cam cannot be on this team if Mac Jones is going to take the reins. It just can't happen. He is not a backup quarterback. He does not flow that way. Somebody put it really well this week. They said, you can't take a four-star general and make him a corporal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that pretty well. And I think that I think that's exactly right. So the only logical way to go forward with this was to be that Cam Newton had to leave. You know, Julian Edelman, who is going to be uh, on uh, Paramount Plus's, or yeah, I think it's Paramount Plus's, uh, Inside the NFL show, was doing a, a media availability thing yesterday. And he just said it was as simple as this. He doesn't think that Bill Belichick wants to deal with a quarterback controversy. That with, with what happened last year, he just didn't want to go through it again, so he knew, and I guess and maybe this plays into the general versus the corporal thing, he knew that if he started Mac and he stunk the first week, the first question was going to be, is Cam starting next week? If he started Cam and he stunk, the question was going to be, is Mac starting next week? And he just mm -hmm. didn't want to deal with that. I mean, we, he doesn't like talking to the media anyway. Um, so I think he was just trying to eliminate uh, one avenue of, you know, of annoyance, perhaps. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I think Edelman's probably right along those, you know, he's probably in the, along on the right line. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. He's cutting off the enemy lines. I yeah, mean, that's basically yeah, what he's doing. Pretty much. You know, I, I, I think that, I think that that is true, but you got to remember, we're dealing with a rookie here. We're dealing with right. rookie Mac Jones. So that meant that Mac Jones, he had to be so impressed because I mean, Belichick starting a rookie is, you know, unheard borderline yeah. unheard of, Yeah, yep. you know, so starting Mac Jones, Mac Jones would have had to do something drastically better than what Cam Newton was. And guess what? He did. He did. <laughs> yeah, he, did. he won that job. Yeah. So why not play him? Yep. You know, I mean, we all saw it. We all saw it in the preseason. Everything we heard out of camp is that Mac was outperforming Cam most of most of the time. And everything we saw in the games is that he's faster, he's quicker, and they run the Tom Brady offense with Cam, with Mac Jones. Right. They don't – name out of these four guys, Hoyer, Stidham, Jones, and Newton, which guy does not fit the Brady offense? It's well, Cam. Cam yeah, he's, deep, he's the, the top of the list. Right. Yeah. He's the only guy yeah. that style of play does not no, fit into the system. True. Yeah. And that's why Mac Jones is a starting quarterback. Although you, although you can make the case at this point with Cam Newton and, you know, Cam Newton when he was young and when he was healthy was a dynamic player. But the injuries yes. are caught up. To, but, you know, you could make the case that, uh, you know, at this point in his career, Cam Newton doesn't really have a style of offense that fits him. Because I'm not sure at this point, Dan, what he still does well. That's a great point. I mean, I think that I think that he's a big body that can still run. He's not as good of a runner as he used to be. You're right. absolutely yeah. right. I think the really one place for him, I, I, I really view one place for him, and 
it's Baltimore. I think Baltimore could easily sign him and okay. have him run that offense because okay. you know how it's predicated with the run. With and, the run, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and making short well, passes to tight ends over the middle. I mean, that's yeah, that's and, and I guess that would be good insurance if 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 Lamar Jackson gets hurt. I mean, right. I, I suppose, yeah. Well, you know, because my next question was going to be, and there has been people that have already said, has Cam Newton taken his last snap in the NFL? If he can't, if he's a four-star general who can't be a corporal. Is Baltimore the only place where he could be a corporal and 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 not grouse about it, or or is he a guy if he's going to play, he's got to start somewhere? I that depends on Cam's ego, and to be honest with you, if you know anything from Cam Newton over the last year or two, um, Cam Newton's got a hell of an ego. Well, you don't dress uh, like you don't dress like Cam Newton does without having an ego. Right, exactly. <laughs> he, he, he's the he's the James Brown of fashion, really, in this in this league. So, you know, I mean, to me, it, it's it's over the moon. Now, if Cam wants to play, Cam said back in the I Am Athlete podcast a couple of months ago, he said, "I'm I'm a top thirty-two, like I'm 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 not the thirty-second worst quarterback in this league. I'm not thirty-second best quarterback in this league. How many quarterbacks not in their first contract?" Is Cam better than right now that are starting? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I can't think of a whole hell of a lot. Of I them. can think yeah. of maybe two, and and okay, I, who, maybe who you they? could say, tell me, maybe you could say, then these are just maybes. Okay, Fitzpatrick in Washington. I was going to go there. Okay, and maybe Teddy Bridgewater in Denver. The, those were probably yep. I would agree with both of those. Those are the only two where you could say maybe, and it's not a definite. It's really yeah. close. Yeah. So maybe he could go places <laughs> like that. <laughs> go learn the offense in a week and figure it out. But, yeah, you know, yeah. at this point, I mean, if I'm the Patriots, I'd rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Teddy Bridgewater yes. than Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah. Tell you that. Well, they'd be better backups, that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah but they're, they're made to be backups probably. <laughs> probably. starters. All right, so – we'll get back to the Patriots in a minute. Now we're going to jump to another situation that deals with COVID with, you know, with, with what Cam Newton did and urban Meyer, speaking of ego, urban Meyer, uh, in Jacksonville, when they were talking about how they had gotten down to their 53 players made the comment that somebody's vaccination status was a consideration. Well, of course the NFL players association immediately loses its mind and says, well, we're going to start an investigation uh, the team uh, yesterday tries to backpedal a little bit, but they really didn't. They just said, well, it's availability that we're worried about. Well, hello, if you're not vaccinated, the chance that you won't be available is higher. So right. what happens? I mean, I, I, I get where the NFL Players Association is coming from in that it's not, you know, it's not part of the collective bargaining agreement. It's not supposed to be a factor. But at the same time, shouldn't, shouldn't the Players Association want their players to be vaccinated? Shouldn't that be a priority? I th- I think that there is a priority in the stance that, you know, look, the players association is there to protect the player. Right. And do what the players want. Right. And so regardless of, you know, what you think, obviously, you know, some people are going to think vaccinate. Like if you don't get vaccinated, then you're an anti-vaxxer. And the people that don't want to get vaccinated are going to say, I can do what I want with my body and this right. and that. And, and the Players Association, I, my understanding, is that they feel that the, the players do not want vaccine mandates. Well, if you're not going to have a vaccine mandate, then it's going to be super, super hard for you as a player, basically, to even function inside the locker room. Right. 
So, you know, to me, at the end of the day, um, the players association has to, the, the players collectively, the players collectively have to figure out what is worth it. What is worth it at the end of the day? Is it worth it to have to go through all these extra trouble uh, to, you know, not be vaccinated? Right. Not be able to use the sauna. Going. You can't use the sauna. Right. You can't do this. You can't yeah, have yeah. lunch right. with people. Like, right. you know, all this stuff. Yep. So the player association, the player association, it's regardless of that. It's it's the players that have to figure this out. But on Urban Meyer's front, him <laughs> saying that, you know, doesn't this feel like the beginning of a very, oh. very big disaster? I uh-huh. mean, there is yeah, oh, yeah. like I I'm starting to sense that Urban Meyer is a little bit in over his head and not just in over his head like. He's in over his head, the ceiling, the roof, all those different things. So, you know, I, I to me, this thing has really started off having the Iowa strength coach that was, you know, oh, was yeah. accused yeah. of racism right. and all this stuff out right. there. And, you know, all this different stuff and, and are surrounding it. The locker room is very young. They trade Joe Sherbert. They have two different offenses they're running at the same time. I mean, this is just quintessential organizational mishap has it written all over it. Yeah, you this, know what I mean? This has this has uh you know, Trevor Lawrence aside, uh, you know, a two win season written all over it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I and I hope not. I hope not. Because it's not good for football for Jacksonville to consistently stink like they've been they I mean they've been an embarrassment. There's no other way to put it. So but you know, I don't know what else you expected when you hired Urban Meyer as your head coach. I don't think anybody really cares if Jacksonville's bad or good. <laughs> well, the, you know, I don't like that. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. But well, maybe, maybe I don't. I, I guess I unless you're from Jacksonville. Unless you're <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I yeah, and, I'm and you not. still may not care. Right. Yeah, well, that's a good point. All right. So enough about the COVID stuff. I've you know I'm between what the Red Sox have been going through and what I've been reading about. <laughs> the, you know, I'm sick of hearing about COVID. I, I get it. You know, all I keep saying, and I say it on my show every morning, is get the damn shot. That's all, I'm <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get back to the Patriots. So along, and this isn't as shocking, but it was shocking to me anyway, along with Cam Newton getting cut, when the Patriots decided to keep an undrafted kicker instead of Nick Folk. Now, I know Nick Folk doesn't necessarily have you know, the strongest leg in the world anymore. I think he's, what, 38, 39 years old. I get all that. Norton's got a great leg, but accuracy is not necessarily his forte. I can see this being the kind of kicker that could make Bill Belichick tear his hair out. Yeah, it was a surprise to me, too. I, I was actually rooting hard for Quinn Nordine to make well, you're, it. Yeah, it's because you're a um, Michigan fan. Of course, <laughs> as usual. You know, you can see my biases lingering through. Right, but, right. like, there is... There is this sense that, that Quinn Nordine did have a big leg and could hit from 50-plus. Nick Folk didn't seem like he could do that at right. a consistent basis. Right. And also, you got to understand, Nick Folk, he, he kicked for like a day in practice and then was gone for two weeks. Right, right. And then they claimed that he had soreness in his quad after two weeks of him being back. That's a problem. And that's yeah. why. And, and so it was like it was kind of sketchy and weird about, about Nick Folk and why he was in and out and – so this isn't I think another again, COVID. This isn't another COVID situation, is it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> at this point, I believe anything. Yeah. At this point, right, so right. you know, with but with Quentin Ordean, I think the Patriots do need to find their kicker of the future. I do. I do think that. So I think having this kid go through and look, he's not as consistent. Sometimes he goes out, and I said, like he hits the barn. You know, I mean, right. as, but 
he does have a big leg, and I think Bill thinks I can coach this kid up, and and he could be pretty accurate. So, uh, you know, it might be a little fun from the place kicking standpoint this year. Well, he missed a couple of extra points, and then you know, that's and, another one. Yeah, you know, that's just like you know, and and I, you know what, I have to be honest. I like the fact that they move the extra points back. I like the fact that they're not automatic anymore. I don't know how you yeah. feel, but I like that. I think it should be a little bit more of a challenge. So, uh, unfortunately for the Patriots, it may be uh, a little bit more of a challenge than they want. But I, I don't. It was more fun. It was more fun when Vinatieri and Gaskowski are kicking for you, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, all go. right. So, along with that, now you know there was you know the the, the cuts that some of the, a lot of them that you were expected, but they put uh, Jarrett Stidham on the on the pup list. But mm. the other guy that they put on the pup list, and you and I talked about this last week, is Stefan Gilmore. Mm-hmm. You know, that means he misses at least six games. And, you know, my question to you is, is are they going to figure this out or has he played his last snap? For the uh, I, I don't think he's played his last snap. Um, I just think he's on the physically unable to get paid list. Well, that's we know what well, that's what I mean. I mean, I, that's my know. point is, is, is are they going is this like just punishing him uh, for holding out and they're saying, screw you, we'll sign you later. Um, so, so a couple of weeks ago, he had talked to Josina Anderson and Josina Anderson asked him the question, are you going to be a hundred percent ready for training camp? Right. And, uh, he said, or by the end of training camp rather. And he's, his response was, if I need to be. <laughs> so that doesn't that tell you everything that you need to know? Maybe there's a backroom deal right. in which the Patriots are like, listen, we're not paying you until you get back on the field. We'll see what you got. Right. And if you want to play half the season for this seven and a half million dollars, then you can play half the season and we'll deal with it that way. Okay. And maybe there's something along those lines. And you listen, he's got to prove it. I mean, if he wants to keep playing in the NFL after the season, right. he's going to want a contract. Right. Does he not? So. They can give him the contract extension after whenever they're done with the season now because he's only going to play for, what, 12 games? Right. So, right. you know, the 11 games. So that's going to be the situation. Steph Gilmore is going to play for the Patriots again. I think he's going to be playing much for himself and for his contract, though, than more than for the Patriots. Okay. Uh, the other guy I was a little surprised that they kept. Now, after they kept him, they put him on the uh, injured reserve list. But in Kill Harry... Uh, whose agent, by the way, asked for a trade. Oh, um, my God. I mean, and, and by the way, who the hell? I mean, you know, your agent asked for a trade. Who the hell wants him? Right. You know, what have you shown me that you do? Who am I going to shop you to? The, you know, the, yeah, Helen, well, the Helen Keller School for the Blind? I mean, who am yeah, I going to? Well, you know, what am I going to? Who, who, who's going to take you? We could send him to Bishop Sycamore High School. I'm sure <laughs> they'd take him. You know, they, they, they're taking anybody right, right now. Right. I, hear. I mean, goodness gracious, for maybe a bag of balls. I yeah. mean. Think about this guy. This guy has the nerve to ask for a trade. Yeah. When he's been the biggest, maybe, maybe, maybe close to the biggest bust that they have drafted in the first round. And that to his fault and theirs. And then this guy goes out for a pass against Philadelphia in which the ball is on the money and somehow almost breaks his arm <laughs> trying to catch a football. I mean, it was the most uncoordinated thing I've ever seen, and you're in the first-round pick in the NFL, It dude. looked like a 61-year-old me was out there trying to make that right. catch. That's what it looked like, yeah. Was he going up to plie? <laughs> like, what was he doing? I mean, seriously. So, I mean, Nikhil Harry right now is is one of the more frustrating guys to watch in New England. There's no question about that. 
I don't think he gets traded. And I think now that he is on IR and probably going to be out for what, six, seven weeks. Right. Right. Uh, if, if they need another receiver to, to, you know, back up Nelson Aguilar or something like that, they'll use him in some weird way, but Akil Harry ain't part of the future in new England at this point. I'll tell you that. Let me ask you this. Uh, do the Patriots have enough at the wide receiver position, or are we going to go through another year where people are going, who the hell is Mac Jones going to throw to? I mean, Nelson Aguilar is, is fine, but, I mean, your other guys are, are, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. I mean, obviously, I, to me, their two best receivers are their tight ends. Hunter Henry and Janu Smith, I think, could have huge years. But do they have enough in the passing game? Um, Receiver-wise, I don't think they do. But I do think that the tight ends can offset that if – they play and we have not healthy. seen yeah. Hunter Henry really do right. much of anything right. um, since the, since the start of training camp. So Nelson Aguilar really kind of disappointed so far and he hasn't had a lot of production. Haven't really seen him do much flashing in, in training camp. I do like Myers. I think Myers is obviously going to be one of their top guys. And I think Bourne could be that too. And John U. Smith, I think, has shown a lot of flashes. But, again, we're going to see if he can play in, in uh, late into the year and, and stay healthy. It's going to be a mixed bag. But, again, I don't think they necessarily have to have these guys be 1,000-yard receivers to, to be good. Their okay. running game is going to be very, very good. Okay. Um, the goal for Mac Jones is to stay healthy, keep him upright. That's why the offensive line is there, <laughs> right. uh, obviously. And then – complete the passes that are there and try to throw some guys open. Right. You know, don't get frustrated. I don't think he'll get frustrated. Like Brady got frustrated in 2019. Those receivers were way, way too out of his, they were not even close to his league. Right. I think this will be a learning curve for Mac Jones, but it doesn't mean it doesn't have to be an unsuccessful year if they can run the football. Well, and, and well, and in the preseason, they certainly did run the football. Well, it's just, again, I get, I get concerned when, uh, you know, I try not to t pay, I, I shouldn't put it this way, but I try not to pay too much attention to the preseason in that, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily translate into what is going to happen in the regular season, but they certainly uh, did run the ball well. So I just, uh, I just hope that it's something that's going to be able to continue. So, yeah, you know, I absolutely. Mean, we'll see. Uh, so cut down day, any, any huge surprises to you about other teams cuts that were made? Um, somebody that you didn't expect? Um, I didn't see any not, huge names. Not, where, I didn't see any huge names where I kind of went, not, wow. Not really. Not really. I mean, you know, it's interesting. There's some guys that are hurt here and there. And I think the more interesting kind of thing, I mean, the cut downs are the cut downs. I mean, you see guys that you might know, like, you know, Corey Clement, who played for the Eagles a couple of years right. ago, or like a guy like Jarrell Casey retiring or Malcolm Butler. That's one. Yeah, too. He retired, I mean, yeah. he, he, he's retiring too. So you see little things here and there. I think that people, are really more interested right now in kind of maybe the rookie quarterbacks and if right. they're going to play and this and that. So, you know, I, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't foresee any major cuts. Cam Newton's uh, by far the biggest. Well, wow, that was, that was seismic. Far, so. Huge. <laughs> that was, yeah, seismic. I, I mean, really, really sent shockwaves throughout the entire NFL. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. No question. All right. So, Let's get into the fearless uh, forecast for this coming year. This is the part I always oh love. Oh, boy. Cause you, <laughs> you, always, you always have some buttes. So we're going to go uh, division by division, and uh, we'll see what Dan Zampano has for us. All right, so let's start in the NFC. Uh, let us start with the uh, 
uh, let's go with the NFC West first. This should be uh, this should be interesting. I mean, the Seahawks obviously uh, the the defending division champs. Do you see anybody being able to challenge? I mean, the Rams obviously made some big changes. Are, are the Rams going to be able to challenge for that division this year? Oh yeah, I think the Rams can challenge for that division. Absolutely, this is the best division in football right now. I think you th- really. Um, oh yeah, I think this team. You have. I think all four teams really, if, if they were able to get, I mean, they are able to get in three teams from the West. Right. Um, but I don't think that will happen, but I think that there are probably going to be three teams from the West in this, in the playoffs. Wow. For, yeah, I really do. I think that Seattle, Seattle is a guaranteed 10 win team. With okay. Russell Wilson. I okay. mean, guaranteed. All so right. you have them, the Rams, I think will be really solid. I think that they're going to have growing pains for a little bit because their defense has lost some pieces and they lost their defensive coordinator. They lost a starting running back. Okay. I'm on the San Francisco 49er train. I feel really? like I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting sucked into it maybe, but I don't think the quarterback really matters to Kyle Shanahan to be quite honest with you. At least the quarterback competition. I don't think Trey Lance will play um, that much. If at all, um, I think Jimmy will continue to play. And look, when Jimmy's on the field, he wins, right? He's 27 and nine as a starter, that team with their healthy lineup, is the scariest defense. They've got one of the best offensive lines in football. I'm going to pick the San Francisco 49ers to come out of the NFC West with wow. the division title. First to and I th- last to first, huh? Yeah, I think so. Well, listen, they were the most. I mean, they were literally, they were literally Yale New Haven Hospital. I mean, they were, <laughs> that was that bad last year. It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. So this team was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Don't get, don't, don't forget that. So, when they're healthy on the field, I think they're the best team in that in that division. You know, well, and and I mean, does Arizona have a shot? Yeah, I, I mean, I hope so. Do. I hope so because their starting quarterback is my number one quarterback on my fantasy football <laughs> team. So I hope so. Well, they don't have to win for you to be in fantasy. Well, football that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. All right, let's move to the NFC South and the big news in the NFC South, and you know, is that the New Orleans Saints have decided that Jameis Winston is their starting quarterback. And you said last week that you thought that's the direction they needed to go. And Sean Payton, listen. Mr. 30 for 30 is back. Yeah. Gotta love it. I yeah. mean, look, are the Saints going to be a bad football team? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think the Saints are too well coached, and the infrastructure there in place for them is is too good as an organization for them to be a lackluster football team. That being said, I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think... Any team makes the playoffs out of that division except for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really? I mean, I think yeah, that team, okay. I think that division, well, it's pretty Carolina, easy, yeah. Carolina is coming up the pike. I can see that. Atlanta, I think, still has some growing pains trying to get their team back on track. Rookie head coach. Uh, to me, I don't understand why Tampa Bay is not the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I, I just don't understand it. I think they should be. They're loaded at every position. Brady coming back for his second year in that, in that system. Right. I think it's going to be very, very difficult to beat that team. All right, now we get to what last year was the worst division in football, and that would be the NFC East. And will my first question is, will anybody have an above 500 record this year? <laughs> I mean, I would like to think that with the Dallas Cowboy offense now, whether or not they can stop anybody or not is you know, the question, but I would think with that Cowboy offense, they're going to win more than they lose this year. I went back and forth on whether Washington or Dallas was going to win this division for so long and then you look at the schedule and you got to remember something washington was really good last year they played so many bad quarterbacks in their division that's true and on the top of the fact that they got a first place schedule this year 
So, you know, I love Washington. I think they're going to be better than people think, but I think down the stretch is where they're going to kind of falter. I have the Dallas Cowboys winning this division. Um, I think they'll win nine or 10 games and be able to just get there. I, again, you can't trust Dallas in these high pressure situations, but I do think they just overall have the best talent. Yep. And then the New York Giants are going to be awful. So, you yeah. know, and we, don't, and we don't have to talk about the Eagles. No, they're going to be worse than the Giants. Uh, NFC North, anybody challenge the Packers? I think Minnesota will challenge the Packers. I think they'll push them to the brink. But I see no reason why the Packers shouldn't be as good as they were last year. I mean, this team is a couple of bad decisions away from a Super Bowl last year. Yep. And now, again, another year. And I think the whole Aaron Rodgers talk and – all that stuff over the summer. I think it goes by the wayside once well, that, they get on the Well, that, field. you know, that was funny. That was going to be my next question. I mean, is that all water under the bridge? Has that all been forgotten as we kissed and made up, so to speak? And- I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if we've kissed and made up. We might have, you know, done a handshake or two. But, you know, <laughs> I think I think that we, the front office and Rodgers are not going to really speak that much. It's going to be about on-the-field play, and I think Rodgers is just going to have one of those years where he does what he does. I do think Minnesota will be a playoff team, though. I do think do that you? they will get in. Yeah, I okay. think Minnesota has the horses getting a lot of pieces back on defense from last year. All right, let's go now to the AFC, and we'll start uh, with the AFC South. And uh, it was a hell of a race between the Titans and the Colts last year, but uh, the quarterback situation has changed a little bit in that division. Titans, uh, clear favorites? The Titans are favorites, but I don't know if it's clear. I, I think that the Titans and the Colts are going to battle through it all year long. And I, I think they'll be matched up tit for tat. They'll be watching each other's schedules. It's going to be difficult because I think Wentz and Reich, I think if you were going to bet a guy to maybe a long shot team to go and win the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but a long shot team to have a major, major leap and maybe win the AFC or Wentz is an MVP, I think it would be him because really? just that matchup. Okay. But I don't think, in my estimation, that the Colts are going to make the playoffs. I think that it's Tennessee. Tennessee barely by a threat. I don't like Tennessee's defense really much at all. But the fact that they have what they can do with Henry and now Julio Jones matched up with A.J. Brown, Tannehill is going to be – I think he's going to have a solid year, not great, but solid – I just think they're a tick, tick better than the Colts. And I want to pick the Colts in my heart of hearts, but my head says Tennessee. Who's going to win more games, the Texans or the Jaguars? Houston. Okay. All right. I, I, I think I agree. I don't think by a lot, but I think they will. Who's going to play I, quarter? I, I mean, is, is Deshaun Watson done in Houston? or do you Deshaun think- Watson, uh, I believe John McClain. I think he's the best reporter down in Houston. John McClain tweeted out a, a week ago, he said, Deshaun Watson will never play another game for the Houston Texans. Okay. I don't think he ever will. That's pretty definitive. Mm-hmm. And the question with him, you know, the, question, the same question I have about him is the same question I have about Trevor Bauer in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Will, will these guys ever play again? Now, you can make the case that what Trevor Bauer did was a hell of a lot worse than what Deshaun Watson did, but neither one of them is a good look uh, for that league. And you wonder if those guys just have so much kryptonite that they, they might not ever play again in the league. Hey, I'll tell you something, though. There are teams calling about Deshaun Watson. Is that right? And absolutely. There are teams. Miami, Miami Dolphins want Deshaun Watson very, very bad. You know, I saw rumors and- about that, but I didn't believe them. <laughs> I, I, I believe him. I believe him. I believe I believe the rumor that he denied the request to to waive his trade clause to go to Philadelphia. 
I just don't think that the Texans are ever going to get fair value until until this thing is solved. Well, I don't so, think it. But at this point, if you're the Texans, do you even care about fair value? Just yes. get something. No, I think no? you absolutely do. I think okay. there's no reason to cut Deshaun Watson right now. There's okay. No reason. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's get to. Uh, we're going to save the AFC East for last, just because we have to. <laughs> we'll go to the AFC North. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is 112 years old. Um, if uh, Jackson stays healthy in Baltimore, are they the favorites in the AFC North? Because I'm because I, I don't care, and I'll I'll say this to the day I die: I do not believe in the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Listen, Baltimore is the favorite right now, and I do think that they will win the division. Okay. I think that I think that Baltimore, even though they have to get their offensive line in order, they do have some new pieces. Ronnie Stanley, Villanueva comes over from Pittsburgh. They've got a couple of guys that they do need to throw up. That defense from top to bottom is really, really, yeah, good. really yeah. good. And yeah. a really, really well coached. Another well good infrastructure team. I do have the Browns making the playoffs. Oh. I think I think the Browns have a I think they have figured something out with Stefanski and I think that they will have the system in place. Now adding Odell Beckham back again, I think that that's only gonna help them. I think again, they've added pieces on the defense too, especially in the secondary to where they can be really, really good. So the Browns are making it as a wild card. So three teams out of the AFC North if Roethlisberger no. stays healthy? No. You don't think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, you Pittsburgh doesn't make it, really? I don't think Pittsburgh makes it. I don't I don't think they I have the I love you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> AFC West. Uh, it's the Kansas City Chiefs and everybody else. Who's the everybody yep. else? Denver. I think I think the Broncos. Um, I think Teddy that Bridgewater, huh? Yeah, I believe in them. I I think it's not just Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're going from one of the more volatile quarterbacks in yeah. the league and yeah. Drew Locke to a guy. Listen, Teddy Bridgewater was a top three, and I know you're going to hate this when I say it. Adjusted completion. No! I you're going to hate that. Uh, yeah, I do. But he was top three in that last year, and he does not turn the ball over. And What's I think his war. That, <laughs> 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 I'll check with the guys okay, at PFF. Thanks. Uh, we got a we got a we got an interview with them after. Excellent. Um, so I, uh, but I think that Teddy will calm down that offense. They have every single position that they are at is loaded, especially especially their defense is really really good. And for the first time, they're going to have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb together on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, if everything goes well, right. I think Denver will be really really solid, and I think they will sneak in as a playoff team. I, that's my surprise playoff team for you. Okay. Is Denver Broncos this year, uh, and the Chargers, and then the Raiders are terrible. No team has found a way to lose more games to to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory than the Chargers. Yep. Not just in Los <laughs> Angeles, but in San Diego, they have a history of figuring out ways to screw up games. I mean, I just, uh, you know, with them, uh, this rookie head coach, and they are not having any of their starters play in the preseason and all yeah, that stuff. A, that it was takes, weird. It takes a while for teams to get used to game speed, and I think they're going to get themselves in a hole early. Okay. Yeah, that, I, I would agree. All right, so we go to your favorite division. Uh, Bills, defending champs for the division. Do you see any reason why they don't win it this year? Uh, the only reason would be, I think regression. I think it would be Josh Allen doing what he did last year. He was phenomenal. Um, I do not expect them to be as good as they were last year, but, but I do think they win the, I I just don't have the heart yet with a rookie quarterback to say that the Patriots are going to overtake them. The Patriots are going to be a lot better. In fact, the Patriots are going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be as a wild card team. 
barely. I think they I think they will nip and tuck at the Bills all season long. I would not be surprised. In fact, I have a ticket on it to, for the Patriots to not only um, win the division but go over on their win total and for Mac Jones to win Rookie of the Year. What's, so I have all all those as well. Um, I think this is a really, really well, obviously well-coached football team, but that defense of what they've done, um, I think that that's going to keep them in a lot more games. But I think Buffalo is a, is, is a tick better, and I think their regression is not enough for the Patriots yet to overcome. What uh, what do the odds makers have them for wins? Uh, right now, the Patriots are nine and a half. Nine and a half. Um, okay. So, so you I got them around like, that. You think a ten and seven? I had them a little more, but yeah, really? I think okay. I think I think ten well, wins would be you're, fine. You're you're bullish bullish on the. Bullish on I like this defense. Uh, I like it a lot. Dolphins make the playoffs. No. How long does Tua last as their starting quarterback? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I give him, Jacoby, I give him, Jacoby I give Brissett him four, four weeks. Jacoby Brissett sitting there. Look, I don't think that they take Tua out. They're too invested. Unless something happens, like, like they get to Sean Watson. Will, this will decide. This will decide whether they really want Deshaun Watson or not. Okay. If if Tua doesn't perform this year, I think they'll go after Deshaun. All right, we're we're running long, and I don't care. Uh, de- <laughs> depending on uh, before we get to who makes the, the the before we get to the Super Bowl picks, who wins more games, the Jets or the Giants? The Giants. The Jets are yeah. That's that's <laughs> oh, that's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really hard question. Wait. I actually love Zach Wilson from what I've seen. Do you? From yeah, him. I okay. I really. Th- I have a ticket on him to win Rookie of the Year too. I think that he's he's really impressed me a lot. Okay, all right. Uh, better rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones? You think Mac? You think Mac's the guy, huh? I th- I I think at this point Mac is just the infrastructure around him. All right, let's okay, let's 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 extend that. Who has a better career? <sighs> I don't know if Lawrence. I mean and, and, Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah. Lawrence is Lawrence is clearly a better quarterback. Like, there's no denying that. Okay. Um, and he's got more talent. But if he is in Jacksonville and they are going to be as they are, yeah. and the Patriots are going to be as they are, I think there's a good chance that Mac could have a better career than him. Trevor just better not get his hair cut because he could end up like Samson. Like Samson. <laughs> get the hair cut. Yeah. There's plenty, plenty of Delilahs down there in yeah, Jacksonville, I'm sure. Ain't that the truth. All right, let's get to uh, who's going to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. All right, so out of the NFC, uh, we have a Tampa Bay-Green Bay NFC championship game rematch. Okay. Um, I think it'll be fantastic all the way through, but I think this year – the ball bounces the way of the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. I think it. I think it is a. I think it is a, like you said, a Jordan year. What do you call the last dance? Yeah, yeah. I think Rodgers, out of all this year, is going to prove that uh, you should not think twice about what I have to say. Okay. And I think it's it's a little bit of a revenge. So he's tour got, got a lot to him. prove. Uh, I think he's got a lot to prove. I think the Bucks are the clear favorite. But I don't see any reason why Green Bay shouldn't be as good as they were last yeah. year. And I'll tell you what, that's saying something with that Tampa Bay team essentially having everybody back. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's saying something. I'd be, well, that'd be a hell of an NFC Championship game. All right, let's get to the AFC. Who's who's going to the? <laughs> the, the oh, you're laughing. This must be good. Go ahead. Who you got? Oh boy, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you for a loop here, and I don't know how you're gonna react. Okay. So here we go. Go ahead. Um. I think that obviously the Chiefs are the favorite. Right. 
I think I think um, I think Baltimore will be up there too yep. with really good teams. Yep. Like I said, some regression for Buffalo. Yep. I don't have any of those teams in the Super Bowl. Let me guess. You got the Colts in the Super Bowl. <sighs> You're not going to like this at oh, all. Oh, no. Come on. Who you got? I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. Oh, no. I, I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns to make the Super uh, no, Bowl. No. I think, I'm no I think they're... You're never, you're never coming on my show again. No, I knew I was just going to get a right. lifetime who are, they, who are they playing in the AFC Championship game? I think they upset Kansas City and then play Baltimore in the, in the AFC Championship game. I, and here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. I think at this point that around the league, there has been this movement towards this zone run scheme thing that has been going on yep. in, in the Los Angeles Rams did it. San Francisco has been doing it. Cleveland is the next team up to do it. And that's what they've been running. They have the running backs to do it. They have the offensive line, the defense to do it. Baker Mayfield, all he has to do is not screw it up. And I think that the, the offense that they run, highlights his skill set the best and that's why they were successful last year and i think this is a stepping stone to where they go it is a bold prediction i understand that but if we didn't listen no risk it no biscuit like bruce arians has to say so let's go cleveland and green bay did you put your did you put your money where your mouth is on this one uh, not yet. But I will have. <laughs> I will you're have hedging, a ticket. You're hedging your bets. I know what you're doing. Uh, I I will have a ticket. All right. Um, all right. So worry. who wins that game? Green Bay. I'm yes. not. I'm not. I'm not a psycho. It's gonna be Green Bay. Okay. Um, it's, 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 <laughs> you're risky, but you're not that risky. Not that risky. Okay. I think. Listen, the the 49ers and Rams lost those two Super Bowls. Right. So let's go with Green. So so uh, so this means that Aaron Rodgers will win the Super Bowl before he becomes the next Je- uh, Jeopardy host. Correct, yeah. and then he will ride off into the sunset. Yeah, It'll dude. be fantastic. Is what this, what is Super Bowl champion, Alex? Yeah, is is this re, win or lose? Is this his last year in Green Bay? I think so. Does he play? So. Does he play after this year, or or has he done enough where he could say, or 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 does he have that Tom Brady like drive, or the drive to say, if Tom Brady can do that, I can too. I think Rodgers will go to a place that he's appreciated if he wants to go somewhere else. I think it is more likely that he will stay if he wins a Super Bowl. Okay. I do agree with that. Okay. But if he does not win a Super Bowl, I think that they're gonna he's gonna say. I think there's a backroom deal with the, with ownership and with executives and saying, listen, if things don't go well this year and if things keep going sour. I'm out and I want my trade and I'm not coming back this time. Really? Like this? Okay. This is it. So okay. I I think he'll go someplace and listen. I think there's some teams that are holding out hope that that Aaron Rodgers is going to be available next summer too. So, I, Miami, I think it's Miami, a ride into the sunset. Miami, Denver. Philadelphia, Carolina, Denver. I mean, yeah. there's a lot out there. Yeah, well, so. that'll be interesting. All right, one more thing before we let you go, because you won't be on until next Friday, and there's mm-hmm. going to be a game played before <laughs> you are on next Friday. Let's get your fearless prediction for the NFL's opening day game on Thursday, Dallas. At Tampa Bay, and this this should be entertaining. Now I understand that you know Dallas has a lot to prove here, but, but that's a very good opening week game. Great opening week game. It, the ratings will be. You got Brady versus Dallas. Yeah, I mean that yeah, is exactly. just going to be yeah. awesome. So it's going to be a great night. I'm happy it's back. To me, I, I think this one's pretty easy. I think it's Tampa Bay. Okay. I, I think they'll. I think they'll win the game, um, covering the seven and a half number. I think they probably do that too. I think really? that's where okay. the money seems to be going. Okay. I would probably lay the seven and a half with uh, with Tampa Bay. Okay. All right. Well, Dan, uh, I, I Cleveland. 
every every week. Let it, let every, it marinate. Every, let it oh, marinate, baby. Every week you're picking a Cleveland game. That's all I know. <laughs> and when Cleveland and when Cleveland's two and four, yep, I'm gonna be killing you. I can't wait. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring right, it on. Well, it's a new year. All right. Enjoy your stay in Connecticut, my friend, and we will look forward to talking to you next Friday. Awesome, Gene. God bless. All Take right. care. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio.